let's pray together, and then we'll begin. Lord, thank you that we can gather together to worship you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that um, you're constantly showing your love to us in different ways that we might receive your love and um, be encouraged by it so that we can live our lives for you. Be here with us and nourish our hearts, encourage our hearts, challenge our hearts. Be faithful, lovers of God, servants of God, and we live to glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I guess, well, this is a spring break for our students, so many of our students are not here. Um, but some of you out of town and in town, students are still here. So hopefully this could be a restful week for you where you're not so stressed with your studies. Amen. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, last week I mentioned that uh, our family was would be going to a funeral of someone who made a big impact in my life. And and uh, I want to share about that today. Uh, and I figured it'd be a good Sunday to do it, especially since um, we don't have Bible study this week. Uh, so she, the, she was a part of Covenant Fellowship Church, which, which was a church that, that I served at before coming here to CLC. And um, everyone called her Chipsanim, called her Chipsanim, which in the church context means a deacon in the church. Uh, and uh, she was a very godly woman, a woman of prayer, and uh, in many ways, truly one of a kind. If you've ever been to the One in Love Oil Conference, if you've ever been there, you might have seen her sitting in the back worshiping or praying for, for people. She actually came to our church once, came to our winter retreat, the second year of our church, and she came to support us at that early stage of our church, even though, you know, it's, it was in February and uh, super cold for her. I don't own too many pictures of her, but I have a few. So this picture, um, you might recognize some of the faces there. Some of them are missionaries that we support right now. This was taken, I think, July of 2005. So it was uh, some time back. So Chipsanim is um, the one that's in the front left next to Christine. Uh, and, uh, you know, all of us, we looked much younger back then. Um, picture. Uh, she's like sitting in the back. Practicing getting married. Uh, I was looking at flipping through some of these pictures, trying to find pictures of her. <laughs> and I found this picture. This is literally the right after we got married. <laughs> like literally, literally right after we got married. You know how like after, you know, and then we walk down back to the back of the sanctuary. And like we're, we're standing there ready to greet our guests. And this is when, like, I'm happy because I'm like, whoa, 
I did it. Like, I finally tricked her to marry me. Like, she can't, <laughs> she can't go back, you know? And then this is when it hit her for the first time. <laughs> like, what she did with her life. <laughs> this, is when it, this is when it first sank in for her. <laughs> uh, no joke. Like, this is right after we got married. Okay, so, okay, well, context of this picture was right before this, this happened. Okay, so this is greeting line. Keep sending came and, uh, you know, hugged us, hugged Christine, and probably said something to her, like, really encouraging, really blessing. Had that interaction. And then right after that, whoop, there was that picture. So it wasn't me. <laughs> Um, and so this is Shipsanim. Uh, this is the picture that they put up at the funeral service. Um, we went to our wake and funeral and burial service this past week, and it was emotional. It was difficult. But at the same time, it was very blessing and encouraging to be there. Pastor Min Chung preached on Hebrews 13.7 at the wake service, uh, Hebrews 13, 7, which says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And Pastor Min shared about her life and some of the things that he realized from observing her life for, for many decades. And he called us to do exactly what this, to do exactly what this verse says to remember her life so that we can see the fruit of her life and imitate her faith. She went to be with the Lord a week from yesterday. And uh, when I heard that she passed, I couldn't believe it. It was just hard to process because I just took her for granted and thought she'd just be around forever. And then we went to the funeral. And even after the funeral, I still can't stop thinking about her. I even had a dream this past week that she was still alive. And I've been thinking about her and her life and what she's meant to me over the past 30 years. And I and, um, just want to share about some of those things. For those that, that knew her, probably the first thing that comes to mind when they think of her is that she was a woman of prayer. She prayed a lot. And she encouraged and exhorted others to pray. She was often tired falling asleep here and there because she slept little because she's, she prayed much. And uh, she always looked frail because she fasted a lot. She fasted a lot, prayed a lot. That's probably the big thing that you know, if, you, if you ask people that knew her, that's probably the first thing that comes to their minds. She often talked about just basic human courtesy, how a human being should be, about what's right and what's proper and how a human being should respectfully treat other people. She talked to us pastors about how a pastor should be, how we need to be humble, how we need to be broken before God so that we can love our sheep as a pastor should. She talked about how there are so many gifted preachers in this world who can preach impressive sermons but that it's something entirely different to be a pastor who is approved by God. 
listening to her was like being in, in pastor's training school. You know, people go to seminary to learn to become a pastor, but the things that she talked about were things that you don't learn in seminary. But they were the very things that you actually need to know if you actually want to last in ministry. She seemed to be drawn to people who loved God, people who were living for the glory of God, like truly living for the glory of God, people with a childlike heart. And that's probably why she loved children so much. Um, she conversely, she didn't like Pharisaic people, people who just had the form, external form of godliness, but was something different on the inside. And somehow, I don't know how, but somehow it just seemed like she always knew which category people fell into. And as I mentioned, she made a huge impact in my life, in Christine's life, as well as so many people who was, you know, who were part of CFC. But you know, you probably don't know how much of an impact she had on my life. So much of who I am as a Christian and as a pastor is because of her. So that means she had a huge impact in our church through her prayers, but not only through her prayers, but through the influence that she's had on my life. So just like the verse, you know, Hebrews 13 says, I thought it'd be beneficial for me to just share with our church some of those larger lessons that I've learned from her. So I actually don't have any PowerPoint, you know, slides and things like that. Just want to share some of the things that I learned from her. One thing that I learned from her is how to use money. One time when I was in Kenya, this missionary said, we're supposed to use money, but people love money. That's the problem. People love money when God gave us money to use money. And I think Chipsanim is the best example that I know of, of someone who knew how to use money for God. Now, when I was in seminary, I was having a hard time seeing the board in class, or seeing the screen and seeing the board in class. And I needed to get glasses. But I didn't have money for glasses. You know, I was in seminary. I just literally had just a few dollars in the bank account at that time. I don't remember how, but somehow she found out that I needed glasses. One time, we're at this youth retreat, this youth group retreat, and I think it was, I was thinking about it, I think it was around like 94, 1994. Uh, I don't remember too many details, like a long time ago. I think it was a combined youth group retreat of my youth group as, as well as other youth groups, and I think Pastor Min was a speaker there, and Gypsenium was there too at this retreat. I remember we had... A, you know, a blessing retreat, but what I specifically remember from this was the closing worship, the closing worship service. Usually, people think the last evening of the retreat is the best part of the retreat, and usually it is, and, and then kind of like the closing worship the next morning is just like, oh, let's, everyone's tired, let's just get over with, and we get, get home. That Usually people think like that, but I remember this morning worship was like so blessing. Um, she was praying for people in that closing worship time uh, after the sermon and people were just, you know, like responding and crying and things like that. And so after the retreat, after everything was over, uh, she pulled me aside privately and then uh, uh, she handed me an envelope with $200 in it so that I can get some glasses. 
And uh, I remember like, I, I started crying because I didn't have any money. I didn't know I was going to get glasses. But I, you know, I just felt like God was really taking care of me. And um, I didn't know. I didn't know how, how she found out that I needed it. I didn't tell her. But she also arranged for this optometry person that she knew to do the eye exam for me. And that's how I got my first pair of glasses. And she did things like that all the time for people. Always giving money to people in need. Not just a couple hundred dollars, but sometimes really large amounts of money for what they needed. Whatever she had, she found people that, that needed it, and she used money to serve others. Now, after the funeral and burial service, we were having lunch, and uh, one person came up to me, and, uh, and he said that God spoke to him during the funeral, and he felt really convicted to follow Gypsonim's example uh, to use his money in the same way. And uh, so he was saying to me, like, whatever you need, like, whatever you need, please tell me, because I want to give. I want to live my life giving until it hurts. And he was saying, like, don't, you know, beat around the bush. It's just please tell me, because God is convicting me to live my life that way. Basically, how Chipsanim gave, um, the way that she was able to give so much was whatever she had, she, she gave it, gave it away. And then be, when she did, like, God gave her more. And so it was like this unending cycle. And that's what this person was saying. God, if God wants me to give, then he's going to provide. And I want to give until it hurts. And uh, what I know of how she gave was just a small part of, like, how she, how she conducted that aspect of her life, how she used money. But even from what I do know, she taught me how to use money. Another thing that she taught me was to how to care for people, how to care for people in need. She frequently visited people going through, people who were going through difficult things in their lives, going to hospitals, visiting their homes. And a couple of those times, I had the opportunity to be there with her. One time we drove to a family whose son, who happened to be engaged to be married at that time, was... Uh, in a terrible ski accident, and so he ended up being in a coma. And uh, uh, we drove up to, to see their family, the hospital. And it was one of those tragic situations where you walk into the hospital room and you just don't know what to say. There's just no words. And I saw her cry with them, pray for them, and just provide comfort with God's love. Another time we visited a, a college-age girl who was severely depressed and suicidal. She was admitted to the hospital due to her condition. And I, ha I had visited her previously myself. And again, it was one of those situations just so difficult. There seemed to be no words to help that situation. When Chipsanium came, prayed for her, shared encouraging words with her. Um, she responded well. 
And Chipsanyam did things like that all the time. She was constantly on the phone with people who called her from all over different places to ask for prayer, to get her counsel, and she cared for them. And uh, this is one of the big things that I learned from her, is how to love and how to care for people in need. Another thing she also taught me is to persevere, perseverance and faithfulness. In the earlier years of CFC, there were um, probably six of us assistant pastors. We were together for about a decade, being trained together. And uh, in those earlier years, Chibsani made us do a fasting chain. We'd fill in a monthly calendar so that there's a continual fasting chain going, out, going on every day, every day of the year. So that someone, one of the pastors, always praying for the church, always fasting for the church. So that meant that whenever the pastors get together for a meal, that meant that there was always one guy who was not eating. One of us would just sit there looking at everyone else eat. And to be honest with you, like going through that time, like part of me was like, why do we have to do it like this? Right? Like, I mean, why, does, why don't, like, everyone eat today and then, like, two people can fast tomorrow? Why do we have to suffer like this? I mean, it's the point where, like, we would all do our Passion Week fast. Right? So Passion Week is coming uh, before Easter. We'd all do our Passion Week fast. And even then, after the Passion Week fast, the chain has to continue. So that means that one guy couldn't break fast with the rest of the pastors even after a week of fasting. He has to fast an extra day. <laughs> and again, I was like, why? Why do we have to suffer like this? But she wanted us to do that to train us and to prepare us for future ministry. It's like, it's like, how can you make that game-winning shot in the championship game if you practice like it's only practice? You can only make that shot when it matters if you practice every day like it matters. And that was, that was the thing that she was trying to teach us. And I'm thankful in hindsight for those times of sitting at that meal table, having to deny myself, because that's what ministry is. It's, Nothing less than denying yourself every day and giving yourself to the Lord, giving yourself to other people. Even a couple of years ago when I went back to CFC for their leaders retreat, she was sharing with me about how those old days, those old times were the best times. She was saying how that's when, like she was saying like that's when we were the most pure because that's when we had nothing. That's when we had to just depend on the Lord. And she would say, now, now you're too comfortable because now you have too much. And that was her way of saying, keep on repenting of your selfishness and do a better job of loving people, serving his people. And I remember that time she was sharing those things and then she prayed for me and I was crying because I just felt so sorry to God just thinking about all of those things. And then after she prayed, 
she she said, Himne, Himne, which means be encouraged. Be encouraged in the Lord. Himne. And then she goes, Yarshimiha. Yarshimiha, which means be faithful. Those are some of the, the marks that she made in my life. Another thing, probably one of the biggest things that I learned from her and Pastor Min. Um, this one is something that I, I didn't learn from anywhere, anywhere else. I mean, of course, it's in the Bible. You learn it from the Bible. Uh, but in terms of, like, you know, visual life, I, you know, like, there are plenty of people that sacrifice and deny themselves and all that kind of stuff. This one I didn't learn from, to this degree, from anyone else, and that is that a real Christian should forgive others. And, uh, Dr. Sang Kim, who shared at her wake service, said the same thing. He, he called it uh, love your enemies, that she taught him how to love your enemies. But this was so true of her. She always preached and lived out that principle of forgiving people no matter what. And it was to the point where I knew that with her and with Pastor Min, that there's nothing you can do to them that would ever make them shut the door on the relationship. And I've seen them. I've seen them embrace people who said and did all kinds of terrible things to them. And it's just... It's just incredible. It's just this out-of-this-world kind of thing. No one else I know on earth has shown me that. I always knew, always knew that in those kinds of situations that, that she would repent of her own sins, cry together with the person, forgive and hug them because Christ forgave her. Um, after going through the, the wake and funeral and burial service, the thing that I was struck by, like really struck by, was just how many people were so deeply impacted by her life. Meaning this, like I know some people who have a wide impact, right? Like if you're a pastor of a large church, you have an impact on many people. You have a wide impact. But that impact isn't necessarily personal. Right? And there are people like that. There's some people, actually most people who live for God, have a deep personal impact on a few people that they're really close to. So some people have a wide impact. Some people have a deep impact on some a few people. But I was really struck that so many people were so personally and deeply impacted by her. There were... I mean, there are a lot of people at the funeral. Some drove or flew from various parts of the country. Some flew in on short notice from other parts of the world to be at the funeral. And people, I mean, you, uh, people were crying and mourning and talking about her like they lost their own mother, like they lost their own grandmother. And that's when it struck me that it wasn't just me. So many people felt the same way I did. 
So many were there because they were so deeply impacted by her life like I was. And I think that really speaks to how she lived her life. She prayed, she truly prayed, and received power and love from God. And then after that, like, every person mattered. Every moment mattered. Right? So, you know, praying, spending time with God. Now she had God's love to give to people because she received it from God, and that's what she did. She loved people, truly loved people. She loved many people, like so personally, so deeply. Over the years, I've seen her pray for and care for people who were like seriously sick, church members whose parents, different family members were going through really hard things, uh, couples who were having a hard time because they couldn't have children. You know, she was praying for them, walking through that suffering with them for years praying for and encouraging a couple because their, their really premature infant was, was at risk. I've seen that. Her caring for, for you know, um, couples whose, whose young child was struck with cancer and the suffering that they're going through. I saw the way that she cared for couples who were struggling in guilt and shame because of conceiving before marriage, just walking through that with them and restoring them. I mean, I saw her being there for them, for people in all kinds of different situations over the years, and that's what I saw at the funeral. It wasn't like most funerals where, where, where you know, like most people are there to support a family member of the deceased while you really don't know the person who passed. But everyone there at this funeral had a story of how they were impacted by her. And that's why they were mourning like they lost their own mother. She had a deep personal impact on so many people because every person mattered. Every moment mattered. I was thinking, when I was a pastor at CFC, the assistant pastors met with Chipsanim twice a week for about three hours each time, and we heard her share different things and prayed with her. And we did that for, for over 10 years. And in that moment, in those moments, I didn't appreciate it, took it for granted. But it was through those times that she influenced how I think and, and live my life and how I do ministry now. And I often wondered, why did she invest so much into us, into our lives. I mean, we weren't special. There are so many other pastors who are more gifted, other pastors who are like better natural leaders. Why did she spend so much and invest so much into our lives? I don't know. And it's so funny, like we want to be around people. You know, we want to be around, we want to be close to people in this world who are, who excel in sports or who excel at singing or acting or something like that. Like those are the people that people want to take selfies with and have access to and things like that. But I've been so blessed because I got to get close to someone who showed me how to live for God. 
And I took that for granted when I was um, with her, when I had, when I was, when she was accessible to me. But now that she's gone, reflecting on our life, I realized what it meant. And thinking about our life is so inspiring to me. For some reason, you know, I was thinking about it. For some reason, I just thought she'd just always be around. Even when her body was obviously frail, I just thought she'd always be here. And that's why it was such a shock when I heard that she passed. I just thought she'd be around, that God would keep her here, because there's still so much work to do. And uh, she's, you know, God's servant. But God said her work was done and took her home. And uh, even that thought was encouraging to me, to know that God calls us not to fix our church, not to save the world because that's his job, but that he calls us to do our part. And, and that's what she did. She did her part, and she was an example of a life well lived. And it makes me want to live my life well, to live out the lessons that she taught me in my life. And uh, I pray that for those of you that had some interactions with her, that got to see her, even when she was here at our church, maybe perhaps saw her at oil, I pray that even through my testimony and sharing, it could be a blessing to you, would inspire you to live your life for the Lord. Let's pray together. When you pause and think about it, it's so true how value system is so skewed in this world, right? What we value is uh, accumulating money because more money means, uh, I don't know, like going higher up or getting better things or more power or something like that, and that's valued in this world. Beautiful people, like people with like a beautiful face are valued people who have special talents, who can jump really high and put a basketball through a rim are valued. People who can play music well or act really well in a movie are valued. You think about it and just pause and think about it. It's just so, <laughs> so weird. Okay. Uh, but, uh, in the eyes of God, in the kingdom of God, that value system is completely different. It's those who give the money away and use it for God's kingdom that God approves. It's the people who are not necessarily beautiful on the outside, but are beautiful on the inside that God approves. It's the people who learn to persevere and are faithful for the sake of loving others with the love of God that God approves and values. So, uh, so easy to get caught up in the value system of this world. Sometimes it takes um, a visible life lived well to remind us of what it is that we're living for and how our values need to be realign to the principles of Scripture. I pray that we'd be able to reflect on that and truly 
live for the live for the one that matters live for Jesus Christ remember your leaders remember the example set before you remember the the visible manifestations of Christ that you've seen with your eyes consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith Father, we thank you for that kind of examples. Pray that you would remind us of what it is to truly live for your kingdom purposes. Let's just uh, reflect a few moments before we close our time with a couple of songs. As uh, Pastor Min was sharing at the wake service, he preached on, part of it was he was sharing about the word um, fellowship, its meaning in the Bible, uh, koinonia, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and just talking about how that fellowship uh, that, that's in the Trinity that we can experience as believers in Jesus Christ. And I was just reminded it was sharing about that, that the, the presence, the presence of God few times in my life that uh, really deeply felt the presence of God and that involved Kitsanian. Just really reminded of that, just the real presence of God, authentic Christianity, the weightiness of what it means to be um, a believer in Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, just again, reflecting on Kitsanian's life, so many different things come to mind all the different times that I drove with her, spent time with her, how I felt around her, the, just the, the weightiness and the glory of God and the presence of God many times that I experienced being with her. And, uh, I don't know if I can even convey that with my words here. Uh, but... Uh, like I said, I'm inspired to live for the Lord and just want to encourage our church to, you know, turn away from our selfishness and turn away from the lies of this world and truly live for the Lord, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, keeping our nose in Scripture, knowing what it is uh, that God calls of us to truly follow a life well lived and live our lives for the Lord. Let's just pray for a moment and then I'll close our time with prayer and benediction. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your personal and deep care in each one of our lives. Any love, care we receive from another human being, we know is a reflection of your amazing love for us. pray that because uh, you have loved us first in the power that your love provides, help us to love you and help us to love others. Teach us to turn away from ourselves, to truly say yes to Christ, to live in obedience this uh, calling to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I pray 
that you would bless, continue to bless our uh, our Lent time, our effort to do whatever we can to draw closer to you, and that you would bless that effort in faith, and that you would cause us to know you more, to experience your grace in deeper ways, so that our lives would be changed to become the people of God that will represent you a little more accurately in this world. Thank you, Lord. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, this love, unending covenant love of the Father God, the fellowship, the strength, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you, God's people, both now and forever. Amen. <laughs>